This is Dale Tempest, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. I'm J-Mac, your host. Well, I don't know about you, but that was complete toilet from where I'm standing. How toothless and subpar old Fulham can look when you play Bobby, Reed, position, bingo, and don't play a striker against a team around us in the relegation battle. A negative display lacking creativity, speed, width, and timely substitutions. Here to chat with me are Matt Dom and Morgan Carlton. Let's take a look. Fulham. Right, um, <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say anymore, just just a load of old dross, wasn't it, Morgan? It's like the flipping Alamo, what do you think? Yeah, it was really bad. Um, the simple assessment of it was that it was shit. The, if you look deep down into it, yes. into the part, it was still shit. And, you know, it's... <laughs> You look at the when the team sheet came out, there was the confusion around who was playing where. Now the players obviously knew, but it yeah. didn't look good. And I think having uh, Decadova Reed on the left, he looks so uncomfortable out there, and he's played so yeah. well all season since he's been out on the right. And he just on the in this particular game, it just like a fish out of water. And you get that sometimes if a player is. A great wing back, but he is right. You know, he's used to playing on the right. Sometimes playing on the left can be an absolute disaster. And you know, it was like Dan Byrne playing right back that time. It's it just doesn't work, even if it is a similar position in terms of what you're doing. And you got to say that defending in the first half, it got a little bit better in the second half. But it was like it was charity night at the Amex. Mm-hmm. We were it away so much. And I think, you know, unfortunately, I mean, actually, no, I'd say that, unfortunately. Fortunately for Tosin, he's had his worst game in a Fulham shirt today and still got a clean sheet. Now, we know who we can thank for that. Ariola again, has just shown that he is the best keeper we've had, certainly since Schwarzer, possibly since Van der Sar. And I'm going to go for the latter there. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough yeah, one. I mean, I think so. Dependable, but... Ariola is just, uh, he is a step above anything we've seen in 11 years at the club. Then, what do we say about that front line? Or oh, actually, what do we say about Parker choosing Cavalero again? It's it's like an elongated mm. form of Slav choosing Steph Joe at false nine that time against Brentford. It just keeps happening. And just feel just, that. Is, it, is it a joke? I mean, is it a, is it Parker's protest against Tony Khan for not buying a striker because it's got to that point now where it's just like you can't seriously think that Cav is the best option up there because he offers nothing and I'm not saying that he's a shit player or anything like that I'm saying in as a striker he is awful and if he was out on the right or the left maybe he would offer something a bit more but Mitro came on and for the 12 minutes the 12 fucking minutes that he had on the pitch he offered more than Cav did in the first 78. And it's just like, why did Parker wait that long to bring him on? He's like, he's not done anything wrong, Christmas party aside, with um, what's his face from Crystal Palace. But he needs his confidence back. This was the perfect game for him to get it. 
if he does not start against West Brom, there is something seriously wrong because we are not signing this striker. Yeah. It, I mean, even if we do, he's not coming into the first team straight away. But he yeah. needs to be. We he we've got one striker in our squad at the moment, and he's not starting. I mean, it was just like night and day when Mitro came on, wasn't it? He made such a difference to the team. I just why we're not starting him anymore. I just I can't think of any reasons why. Um, Matt Dom, the lineup obviously I think is what really screwed us in our performance in the first half. I mean, I think twenty minutes in, I would have taken a draw, which is just not what we we wanted or needed, in my opinion. What do you think? I mean, I know I sound like a broken record on this one, but so many times everyone was saying. Oh, these these performances where we're hard to beat against the better sides will serve us well when we play the teams that we should be beating. And my my argument to that was always, well, fair enough, but we're not scoring goals. And when we have played the teams that we should probably be beating, and I was using Newcastle, um, Brighton in the first. Uh, Brighton at home and Southampton at home who were very much weakened at that point and have been terrible since I was using that sort of that sort mm. of team in my argument I didn't see anything in those games that, that made me think that we would win enough games this season and we, we were all saying before before today as as much as it could possibly be these next two were must wins we needed we needed very minimum four points if it was going to be four points, I think it really needed to be a win today. That's just to keep us yeah, to you know, keep it. us treading water because we've got a long way to come. And, oh, it's fine because Newcastle are losing. We're six points behind them. When do we get six points? When was the last time we won a game? We've won two games all season. And then in your game where you've, you <laughs> we can all agree that it's must win, you've, you've got your striker who finds, finds himself second choice in a team that's got one striker. I mean... Credit where it's due, Parker's made us difficult to beat. Fine. But at the same time, he's made us he's made us, you know, difficult to lose against as well. And that's what's really most important at the moment. It, the, the lineup was just ridiculous. People were saying, Oh, look, we've got we're gonna go four at the back again now, which I personally thought would have been a bit of a risk because I'm it's not five at the back that's the problem, it's the fact that we don't play with a striker that's a problem for me. Um but when I saw it, I was like, I reckon that looks like it's going to be Bobby Reed on the left, on the left, and 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 so so it was. He tried hard, but he's become a victim of being a versatile player, and he's gone from yes playing playing in the number ten role a bit last season, where we did it, he did okay. He just wasn't finishing his chances. He's played up front a bit. He played quite well on the right wing. He got moved to right wing back, where he 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 was really good and scored quite a few goals this season. Left wing back, come on. We had Joe Bryan on the bench, who, by the way, played 90... Did he play 90 minutes? He started against Burnley. Why are you playing him against Burnley and not against Brighton? Because he's on the bench. He's he's our third choice left left back all of a sudden and the team that's got two. I, I don't understand. I don't understand so many of those decisions today. And I think, yeah, we didn't lose. That's fine. And the way the game went, that's fine because we deserve to lose it. So a point is good from that perspective. But not setting up to win that game and not going for it is all on Parker today and I'm really angry at that. I mean, there were just so many chances in this first half and throughout the game for Brighton. I just wanted to scream. I think we all were Fulham to just wake up. Uh, Brighton were very well drilled. I mean, they were pressing us when we were passing from the back and ready to punish our mistakes. But you got, you know, a gross header at 18 minutes, a, a Trussard cross in the 20th minute, very dangerous, but Morpé didn't connect. I mean, Morpé just 
was had a free picnic today, in my opinion. He was absolutely just unmarked at every challenge. It seemed like almost. Uh, I, I don't. I just. I remember. Also, just Bobby Reed. You mentioned it, Morgan, with his his mistakes. So it was a catalogue of errors. Twenty three minute. He passes it all the way back to a Brighton player when trying to pass it to a Fulham player. And I think he did this twice in this game. I think one of my favourite highlights was was the commentary team. I think one of the commentary guys said, "Can Fulham counter? No, they can't." <laughs> I, th- I think one of the I think the highlight from the from the match was the fact that Sidwell and whoever the uh, the main commentator was getting in as many Harry Potter references through the whole thing. They kept referring to it as the Dark oh, Arts. Oh, is that? Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, hang you on a minute, I've heard this before. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> are, we, are we playing Snape up front? Uh, it's like, you know, we got... <laughs> it's actually, to be fair, yeah. Snape Give may be better than Cav. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, he's been dead for a yeah. few years, but he's still probably doing a better job. Um, but it's, yeah. But you Reed, string, you still I, couldn't I, string a parcel tongue. End <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Bobby Bobby Reed, he just he it was a difficult game for him tonight from the fact that he was asked to play out of position. And some players are fine. Like you look at Lookman. He's Lookman's right footed, isn't he? As a general rule, he just likes to cut in. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I yeah, think, well, yeah he's, he's, he's pretty ambidextrous, I think, but mainly right footed cuts in. But when you're playing the role that Bobby was and he's so used to playing on the right, he obviously didn't find it as easy. And you know, having to play that role when you're Brighton press so well. I mean, all credit to Brighton. They were, if their finishing wasn't so terrible tonight, they would have won, you know, 2-3-0. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, you look at that and go, well, okay, Bobby's had a bad game. The Aina and Tosin were pretty awful in terms of their passing at the back. You know, we were very lucky. I mean, let's not, let's not deny that. We, we go into the West Brom game needing that win rather than just wanting it. You know, four points, as I said, was the minimum. It would have been great to get it tonight, take a little bit of pressure off against West Brom, but we haven't done that. And now, if we do not win against West Brom, it's not over, but we've given ourselves a massive mountain to climb. And it's not even about the fact that we can't get the points. It's the fact that we know that Brighton and eventually Newcastle will start getting wins. You know, they Newcastle didn't, they, they were... They've been crap for games now, uh, for a number of games now. In the second half last night, with Son Maxima coming on, actually looked half decent. And I say half, half decent, you know, maximum, but so much better than they had been mm. in recent weeks. They, they, they are close to probably sort of snatching a win at some point, whoever that may be against. And we need to just dig in. We need Mitro to start, and we just need to get in there and start, you know, putting some goals, uh, you know, goals on the board because we are not doing that, and that is what's costing us our place in the Premier League. I think our problems lied in the first and second half was that we were overrun in midfield, just very narrow, and Gisa looked very leggy. I mean, very leggy, but that's because I don't think he had the assistance. We really missed that creative flair in the middle, maybe like a, a Tom Kearney, for instance. Just I like your thoughts on this, Matt. On what you thought was missing from us in both halves, but let's talk about the second half. And just your thoughts on Anguissa, mate. Yeah, I think his... I noticed a few weeks ago where he went from always being pretty much the best or the second best player on the pitch to you kind of don't notice him so much. Um, his Those runs he does where he takes on a player and, and drives forward just don't seem to be happening anymore. He's losing the ball. Um, he's 
you know, getting beaten in tackles, which you you wouldn't have seen a couple of months ago. Um, I, th- I think he is off form, right. but but if you think about it, from his point of view, he's been head and shoulders up. Even when we were really crap at the beginning of the season, he was head and shoulders our best player. When we were doing well against better teams, he was running the midfield and a, a lot of times, even though we were still not not picking up the points. I'm not surprised if his head has dropped a bit because he must think, well, I can't do any more. And he, he mm. can probably see the writing on the wall, to be honest. Um, our problem really comes, it comes from we, we haven't, we don't attack. Like, why don't we attack? Why do we have, why do we not have a single yeah. striker starting? Why, why are we still so slow on the break? Why Ruben Loftus cheek? Why? <laughs> I just Cavanero, why? It reminded. I, I'm going to back. I'm going to back Loftus Cheek up at some point during this because there's certain things I saw tonight. Well, you I may like, as well do it now, Bonks. You may as well do it now because I thought he was invisible again. The, the first 20 minutes of this bit. game, I completely forgot he was playing. It was only until yeah, you know, just after agreed. the 20th minute mark that the commentator said oh, Loftus Cheek. I was like, oh god, I didn't even realize he was on the pitch. Um, there, there were times tonight where he did little subtle things uh, that aren't spectacular but he had the ball at his feet and he used his strength and at a time when he was able to bring other players into the game and it's sort of one of those sort of it was one of those situations where had it been Kearney or you know whatever Onoma or something they would have lost the ball they would have been pushed off it and Loftus-Cheek doesn't get pushed off the ball he's somewhat unfortunate in the sense that he's trying to pass to players who weren't playing particularly well tonight but I certainly saw things in there that made me think, yeah, I can I can still see why he's in this team. And it mm-hmm. is his strength. It is his drive. He does, you know, his runs are relatively surging, but he does go missing for long periods of the game, which is kind of a big issue. Is it, it's his work rate and his strength that's why he's in the team, I guess. But yeah, I think so, because we don't have much else, do we, in terms well, of, yeah, we don't exactly. have strong players in our team. And we need that element of it. And I think that's what he brings to it. We have one of the strongest strikers in the league who's sitting on the bench all the time. But but apart <laughs> from that, I mean, we it seems like Scott Parker picks a team of players who go into battle, work really hard, run around a lot, press, close the ball down on the edge of our own box. But it doesn't seem to matter what happens at the other end. Like it, if, it's a game yeah. at the end of the day you have to you 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 stay up in this league by winning eight to ten games and drawing another six to eight or something like that so far we've won twice it means the second half of the season we're going to need six wins i don't see where they're coming from and we, we've done well to stop conceding so many goals but west brom are a point behind us and they've conceded nearly twice as many as we have but they've been winning Mad, more it? recently they've won some important games and we just don't look like we're going to ever do that but you say you know uh, parker's picking his players based on those who want to battle you pick mitro then well yeah you know he loves a battle he's serbian they love a war every now and then okay and yeah, he's um... just like you know and i'd rather have him battling than i would cavalero cavalero doesn't want to battle he yeah. wants to be played Cav- through Cav- cavalero so runs. much like basil faulty now <laughs> yeah, Cavalero, like, like, Cavalero, Cavalero runs like he holds up the ball very well, but I, that's that's on, all, on, all really. On, there's no, on, there's just no. On. Did Go you on. say Cavalero holds up the ball very well? 
Well, he does at times, but it happens about twice. Surely, I mean, like in the game, <laughs> there are a couple of moments in the game where I think Cav does actually hold on to the ball very well, and then makes. Oh no, he's not trying to hold on to the ball. There. He's actually trying it. to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's maybe, just not very maybe, good at that. I don't know. Look, don't get me wrong. I, I think Cav is just not up to it as a centre forward. I mean, in the fifty-sixth minute, he just had a tear at the ball just was stuck to his feet and he did nothing with it. it was terrible terrible chance from him I, I just feel like we, we've got a team of players that are very talented but they just do not fit in the specific system that Scott Parker wants them to play in Aina today had an absolute shocking game I mean the substitutions Lamina on for Reed in the 66th minute odd substitution I thought but then again you could say arguably that Reed was a bit leggy and on a yellow card and just Brian Amitro on for Cav and Tete in the 79th minute. I mean, just come on. It's just too late. It's too late to be making that substitution. It's not good. I mean, Brian Brian looked okay, but Mitro made a huge difference in this game, wouldn't you say, Dom? I think the first thing he did was a fairly decent through ball to to Loftus-Cheek, I think it was, uh, who couldn't, couldn't quite get onto it. But, um, I mean, he's a focal point. He's, a player looks up and he's under pressure in midfield or in defence you look up and if you see Cavalera there, you're thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to find someone else. You look up, you see Mitro, you think, oh, yeah. he's got a fighting chance of holding onto this ball. So so for that, from that point of view, it's just, it must be better for the other players around him to know that there's that that target to, to get to. And it's just, uh, it's not it's not a Mitro thing, but why why have we got so many square pegs in round holes? We've got Loftus-Cheek playing yeah. on the right, who... I think his best position is probably either the Zambo and Gisa type role or or further forward and, and number 10. I, I, I'm not sure we haven't seen him exactly. enough in those positions. He played well in midfield against Burnley when he came on. Um, we've got Bobby Reed playing at a left wing back, which is absurd. Just Bobby, think about yeah, that for a minute. Bobby Reed's a number 10 second striker character and play. You know, it's, exactly. too, it's completely mad, yeah. And then we've got Cavalera yeah. playing oh. as a s- striker who is... He's a left or he's a left winger by trade. Uh, you can argue whether he's a decent left winger, but that's where he normally plays. And and you've got we could even stretch that to Olorena, who's sort of playing at centre back when he's actually a full back. So no, don't don't mess with the defence, all right? Don't mess with the back okay, three. Yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. It's worse, that's but I mean, he was appalling today. Um, yeah, and hey, you argue four players yeah. are playing out of position. Surely you get a better performance, even if. Even if you're playing maybe slightly worse players who are in their natural position, like Bobby Reed, where Cav- where Loftus Cheek is playing, because it's, it's it's not his position, and that's happening all over the pitch. And I don't think there's any surprise given that that there's that they're they're not performing. So Mitro comes on and makes such an impact to the team. Uh, some nice lay-ons, good energy, the focal point going forward, and a nice back heel, which we'll come to almost connects to a header at one point. So we look good. We look much better. And then in the 91st minute, you've got Mitro back healing it. It goes for a cross, goes over Lookman, and it goes to Ruben Loftus-Cheek's legs, and he hits it, and it goes past the keeper. He beats the keeper, goes straight into Lewis Dunk's legs. I mean, what a block by him, but I thought we'd nick this in. And not that we deserved it, but this would have been, blimey, it would have been daylight robbery, wouldn't it? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, my ass did raise off the sofa for a split second. <laughs> um, it was... I don't know. Yes, we did not deserve that, but I just thought we've been on the end of things before. We haven't deserved it and snatched it, and they've snatched it at the end. And I just thought, oh, come on, yeah. let's do it, let's do it. And I mean, 
fair play to Dunk. Uh, it was Dunk, I think, wasn't it, on the line? Yeah. Uh, that it is was, a yeah. that is a captain's goal-saving uh, clearance. And um, yeah, just imagine if we'd signed him all those years ago. Wouldn't have had to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Speaking it would have of- been ill-deserved, but I would have taken it for sure. No, I would have taken it as well. It's moments like that that get you out of relegation scraps, those bits of luck. But yeah, it was the most exciting part of the game, which is saying nothing. We were just so deflated, like a lilo in a sad, leafy swimming pool abroad, wasn't it? I just feel like... what was? Were there any bright lights from this game, Matt Dom, that we can talk about? The clean sheet, Ariola, obviously man of the match, Harrison Reed, very good game. Obviously, Adarabayo, not the best game, but Anderson looked quite assured, I thought. I thought he looked... Had had some good moments, didn't you say? He did. He did okay. But as I said to you guys during the game, how how does Neil Mope keep winning headers against both of our centre backs? They're, they're giants compared to him. I, I don't know. It, it annoys me when a six foot something centre back loses a lot of headers in a match. I don't know. Anyway, apart from that, he he was all right. Didn't really notice him. Um, but they created a lot of chances, so he couldn't have been that good. Um, I don't know, but they were the scoring so I'm kind of thinking that he was <laughs> quietly effective, he, whereas he blocked, the shower he blocked of shit around him was... Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he blocked one of them, um, but I would put the fact they didn't score down to Neil Mope more than anything that we did, because and Trossard, actually, because they both missed some absolute golden chances, and we're very lucky that they haven't got a proper striker, because we would have lost 4-0 tonight. Um, man of the match, mm. Ariola, I think that's quite easy, and if anything, it's getting concerning that he's man of the match most of the, most games because it sh- it suggests well, that we're not thing, playing yeah. very well at all. I tell you what, I mean, you look at uh, how Tosin Aina played, and it was very much the line. Uh, you know, I think Tosin learned a bit too much from Reem and Hector at the weekend. Um, we don't, we do not want either of them studying in the school or defending from those two. And <laughs> just, I think, I think Anderson. Yeah. I, I think you, I, uh, you know, Anderson. It was a captain's performance. It wasn't his fault that the two other side of him were a bit of a liability tonight. But, you know, as defenders, you aim to get a clean sheet. The problem was we couldn't, and we got that. The problem was we couldn't build from the back because every time we tried to pass it, it went to one of their players. Um, but, you know, Reed had a half-decent game. He looked a, he looked a bit dodgy at times in terms of his uh, tackling. And I think, you know, we're going back to Anguissa. At times he looked okay. He got a really bad kick in the first half. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a kick. It was a good challenge, but it was a hard challenge. I wonder if he was feeling the effects of that through part of the game. Maybe. Um, and then looking at sort of Lookman as well. He, he didn't have his best game. You know, he's had some brilliant games mm. since uh, since the farce at West Ham, and but today wasn't one of them. He, need, think, he needs uh, other players. Yeah. He, needs he needs other. other he needs good players. players. Do you know what he needs? He needs a striker. He does. <laughs> yeah. Like Lookman yeah. can have. He sort of has two good games out of three, which is, I think, as much as you can ask. But you've got Cavalero has no game, no no good games out of three. You've got good against <laughs> Loftus Cheek who has half yeah. a good game out of three. It's you can see why if if Lookman has an off day, then we have absolutely zero chance of scoring. Which, apart yeah. from that, you know that chance at the end, which might well have gone in. I, I think you can't really say the rest of that game we we really had much of a chance at all. They just look so much better than us in every department. And I 
it's not because they are. I think it's just the game plan that we hatched and also the lineup that we chose. I was so grateful for a draw just of how inferior we looked. And I also was so grateful Adam Lallana didn't come on. When I saw him warming up on the sidelines, I thought that would be it for us. But thank God. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll take a draw, to be honest. Morgs, you were going to say something. I, don't know, I, was just, I was just thinking about sort of the team and sort of what, what we're lacking. And, you know, we, how many days are left in this transfer window? It's four, isn't it? Is it, the, is it close at midnight on the 31st of January or 11 p.m. or something like that? I just, I, I just think, you know, then there is this worry, massive worry, that we're not going to sign anyone to fill that role up front. If Mitro isn't the right person for it, then, you know, we're in a whole heap of shit going for the last few months. And I get it. You know, football, the, the landscape of football has massively changed because of COVID. Finances are all over the place. We FFP might be sort of, you know, giving us the fact that we can't actually go out and sign players without selling someone or offloading Seri or whoever it may be. But if there is any money and, you know, we need to get someone on loan, you know, whatever yeah. it is, uh, you know, Tony Khan needs to go out. I mean, he just needs to empty his piggy bank or whatever it is that he does to get signings and just find this player. Yeah, just go out. Just, you know, use his little computer. Go out with his laptop. I know we can't come into the country um, because of you know uh, diseases and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. he just need this needs to get sorted. And we were all just thinking at the beginning of the transfer window, Parker came out and said, "We clearly need to fix this issue up front." We hit forward, and nothing. Oh yeah, been a couple of rumours of players that. I may never have heard of. And Zola and Piatek are the only links, and they're not even concrete, not this even is, at all. This is it, and this is what's so frustrating, is that at the beginning of the season, he made that comment about being, uh, we should be happy to be a yo-yo club. And I know that was ill-thought-out, and I'm sure he probably regrets making that. But he has put us in a position where we will be, and I don't think we will yo back up next time, because we have created a squad this season which is good enough to stay up. But without that clinical finisher, we won't mm. stay up because you can't stay up by not scoring. And if we do it, do not fix that the next three days. And if Mitro doesn't score against West Brom, which I think is kind of going to be that one game, if he comes in and scores, that will actually get the confidence up. If he does not score against them, we are in for the next four months of pain, essentially. We can defend all we like, but at the end of it, we're going to be drinking a bottle of tequila each because, you know, we would have just seen us go down despite the fact we only conceded 15 goals in 38 games or whatever it is that we've got to now. So, Can I I ask, though, did did anyone really, did anyone expect this this striker to come in? I mean, my my issue is it's a massive risk to, to play. Fair enough, he found the system that improved us defensively but if having this magical elusive quick mobile good finishing striker is so important to the system that we just don't win games otherwise is it not a huge risk on on parker's part to keep persisting with this when i'm sure he hasn't he knows more than us about what's going on and he probably for a lot longer than us would have known that the chance of getting that striker is, is quite minimal and and even if, I mean, it was two months ago, three months ago, we were talking about this, that we need this particular striker, whoever that might be. A, you right. need him to, to, 
you need to get him on the 1st of January, essentially, to give yourself enough of the season with this striker to to improve. And, and B, he needs to hit the ground running in his first game. He needs to be the magic ticket from, from the word go. And C... I mean, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what C is, but but we've got last season's top scorer in the whole championship sitting on our bench. Then surely we can make it work with with him. Surely, I mean. But the the, the other issue is we only have one striker. Yeah, yeah. It, we you should always have two players per position, and if we're only going to play mm-hmm. one up front, we need a second one. When you only have one player who is a definite striker or definite forward or whatever you want to call it it is it is basically that is a dodgy recruitment process and i think obviously before it was always because mitro would start mitro's fitness was fine he wasn't getting injured he wasn't getting suspended for the most part and he did a job and he was always going to be first choice striker that hasn't materialized this season in the same way and you would think they would be looking at, oh, okay well well, we don't have uh, Plan B up front. Oh, well, we do, but Plan B is should be Plan X. But it's just they haven't gone out and done what is necessary to keep us up. It's just I, one position. I, Everything else is I, fine at the moment. I don't know. I, I, I think <laughs> I think that's not fair because because um, we were saying at the start of the season what we needed is a new defence. I mean, we've been saying it for three seasons, and they finally did it. And our transfer business in the summer was as good as I've ever seen in a Fulham transfer window because we, we brought in yeah, yeah we brought in the center backs that we needed we brought in midfield reinforcements we we've we've got we were saying all that we were missing really is a right winger and now all of a sudden because of this change in the way we play we're now missing a striker as well it's yeah. i i think while i understand it, it is important that we get this striker i i also think it's unlikely we were going to get one so we really have to try and find a way to get it to work with Mitro because that's all we've got. And, and I, I struggle to believe that Parker thinks playing a striker who can't, who can't shoot is a better option because he runs around a lot. And I'm really, really questioning that logic. I certainly am not questioning the recruitment that we've had uh, over the summer, because given the fact that we had such a short uh, off season before the Premier League started, I think they did incredibly well to actually basically hit a nail on the head in terms of the players that we brought in. And I think all credit to that team, you know, the recruitment team for getting that, but to leave us with just one actual striker was always a little bit risky. And given the fact that we knew well before uh, the transfer window started that we needed that position because Mitro wasn't really cutting it, you would have thought that they would have been going out there saying, well, okay, we will get this player or if it's a case of having one in one out, making sure that Seri or whoever is out the door on January 1st. I mean, there are teams around who want to take him. If the wages are the issue, probably whatever it is, then just get him out on loan or um, do a whip round. (laughs) (laughs) Down the pub. Let's get 50 quid in the, uh, in the pot. (laughs) But Arguably, 
the transfer business has to be good on our loan positions either. The domestic loans, um, Lamina, a good CDM who can also play box-to-box -box midfield, but we also used it on Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who had a huge Achilles injury. Um, obviously, he recovered, but he wasn't in the best of form, but we got him anyway. Obviously, Scott Parker saw something he liked, but we could have used that domestic loan on someone in the Premier League who can score goals, or on the right winger who could score goals and I think that was a complete wasted opportunity using that loan and I feel like you know by the time we actually do see the best of Ruben Loftus-Cheek he's going his way back to fucking Chelsea so I'm I'm not convinced by also the way we've handled our loans either see I still see the reason behind Loftus-Cheek aside from the fact he is proven in the past to be a quality player I think it was risky because of his massive injury last year but I do think that he has added something to our game even though it sometimes doesn't seem particularly apparent I think he's just the kind of that strength and drive that we don't have anywhere else on the pitch, apart from maybe Anguissa, but even he gets pushed around a bit. And I think Lamina is, you know, it's good to have that backup for Reed. But if you're kind of interchanging those players all the time, it's not inspiring the team to go forward. I mean, Lamina's been decent, but he's not been, he's not set the world alight. Whereas you need to have that, you know, the backup striker just because it's such an important role, especially for a team that will be fighting relegation. You know, mm -hmm. even before the season started, we knew we'd be fighting for 17th spot. And there was, it was just weird that they put all their eggs in the Metro basket, given the fact that he had been slightly injured before uh, the end of the season. And, you know, maybe he wouldn't cut it again. I mean, he scored 11 goals in a really bad team two years ago, but he still only scored 11 goals. You know, and you know, it's sort of like yeah, different system as well. We did, you know, we didn't know if he was just, you know, if he had a particularly good season scoring eleven goals, or was it, you know, was it a case of, you know, he had a bit of an off season and he was going back in twenty in this season? But it's obviously not the case that he will be scoring twenty in the season. So, I think it was a little bit short sighted from the recruitment in terms of leaving that slot unfilled. But again, I'm not sort of slagging off who they did sign. What who they did sign, I thought was excellent. But I think we've come up one player short, and come the end of the season, I think we'd be ruining that decision. It just feels so unfair in a way because you know we got up via the playoffs, and that's not easy, especially with the time frame that you have, especially with COVID going on. But you know we recruited so well in the defence. We bought Harrison Reed. That's been obviously a big, big plus. Lamina been okay. Ruben Loftus cheat not so much. But just it's just so annoying that so close and yet no cigar with the final attacker that could have maybe kept us. I, you know what? We can still stay up. We're not down, lads. We're not down. It's I'm, I'm being defeatist about this, but it just it is it is seems very unfair that we were just so close to just finishing off the recruitment, and we still might in January. I don't know, but like I said, we're not down. We're not down. No, you're not right. We're going we're gonna to smash five past West Brom on Saturday. Mitro is going to come on. He's going to start. He's going to bang four in. Loftus Cheek is going to score with his ass, And everyone else is going to have an absolute blinder. And Allardyce is going to eat a pie on the side of the pitch, then sort of walk off and cry. That's how I see the match Excellent. going. Humble yeah. pie. <laughs> what are you going to say there, Dom, before we go on to the Parker rating? I, 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 was, I was just going to say it's... Um, for... Firstly, I think, I think just with the defensive reinforcements and not the complete change in system, I think would have improved us enough that we could have had a fight and chance in games. I, I, I think, I think there's a bit too much of a 
it's because of this system that we're better. I think it's also the, a large part that we've got much better players. Uh, and in that case, I think Mitro would would have a, a role in this team. And secondly, it's I can you can sort of see the writing on the wall that if we if we keep playing like this and if we keep not winning games, then I mean we can all see what's coming, and hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if it does, it's such a missed opportunity because I think as well as the, the good players we brought in, the one we've got options on that we could that we could bring in Ariola. The rumor is nine million. Um, Lamina's got an option. Not and and obviously I think we we we'd go back in for Lookman if we stayed up. I think I think if we just managed it this year, I think we were, we were a Premier League side again for years to come. And it's it's that it's that thought in my head that's really really upsetting me about recent results and the fact that I just can't I can't see us doing quite enough to turn it around. So yeah, big missed opportunity. It's looking like at the moment. But obviously, obviously there's still time. But you are right, aren't you? I mean, if we're able to turn these loans into permanent ones and Ariola, Lookman, um, what's his face? Anderson. And it, I, I, I can't remember. Is Tete signed permanently or is he yeah, on it's loan? Permanent, yeah. It's permanent. He is, yeah, mate. Even Aina. I think Aina's on loan, isn't he? Um, yeah. the, if we turn those into permanent transfers, we've just built an amazing core in this season. Yeah. And then... If we need to bring in our loans again, we do that again. But we have just built something brilliant. We built a solid foundation, and it's just missing that little bloke up front running around, <laughs> banging them in. And if we don't, yeah. if we don't get seventeenth, they're all gone. It's over. Yeah. We start again. That's that's what's really but, depressing. Well, look, let's pause the depressing for a minute and just remember: we're only nineteen games. It's halfway through the season. Nineteen games and two wins, granted, but. We said that we would accept four points absolute minimum from these two games. We're on target to do that. So if we beat West Brom, there's still hope, lads. However so 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 lightly, there is always still hope. Okay? Anyway, let's let's unpause it and let's have your let's have your Parker rating, please, Dom. Oh, um I was kinda of hoping I kinda of hoping Morgan could go first so I could go one either side. Um I, I think Ah, it's going to have to be a four again. I gave him a four last week when we lost to United just because he reacted too late. I think I think starting Bobby Reid meant that Joe Bryan coming on was a substitution that didn't need to happen because it should have been what happened from the start. So points off for that. Um, not playing Mitro, points off for that because, my God, we're screaming out for a proper striker to start. Um, and just there was no, there seemed no impetus to go forward. They were they were languid, they were slow, they were leggy. I don't know whether they're tired. Possibly they are, but they weren't fired up, as far as I could see, apart from the first ten minutes where we we pressed them quite well, and we should have lost and we didn't lose. So, but I don't think I don't think that's got a lot to do with Scott Parker. So, sadly, it's a four. It might might be a bit harsh, but. Um, I can't see. I can't see us. I can't see him learning quickly mm. enough. He's, he's still making substitutions too late. He's still oh, picking no. the wrong players, and he doesn't seem to be. He seems to be too stubborn to to see that now. And I think that's getting a bit worrying. Okay, I'm going to go for a four point five. Uh, the substitutions were too late. The lineup was completely wrong, and the tactics were completely wrong for this game. There's nothing wrong with doing five at the back or three at the back whatever you want to call it but it just 
it was too negative, far too negative. You needed an extra man in the central midfield. We were completely overrun. Bobby Reed playing where he was, ridiculous. And never say never about Scott Parker. I don't want him sacked. Like you, Dom, I'm going to give him to the end of the season. But if he doesn't start playing Micho, especially this next game, there are going to be huge question marks. And it's still then going to be two wins after 20 games. And then, I don't know, the Khans have done it before. And I, I will easily bet my money that they could do it again. Anyway, 4.5 for me. Morgs. Well, I was going to get four. And Dom took that. I was getting 4.5 because Dom did four. So <laughs> I'm just going to go that. five because we didn't lose. You know, and it's... Well, there you are. You know, it's... it's the, if we'd lost, it would have been a two or a three. Uh, those substitutions were... Well, okay, not those substitutions. The Mitro substitution was far too late. And I don't think it was set up right in terms of uh, Bobby Reed on the left. I'm happy that he stayed with the three. I know people keep saying about the four, but I think we played perfectly well with the three. Four in midfield, three in forward positions. In theory, that seems quite attacking to me. We just did not click tonight, and I'm not sure that's all Parker's fault. I think the substitutions were, uh, you know, poor. Um, and I'm not on the, the West Brom pod, but if he doesn't start Mitra in that game, and if we don't actually go for it, and if it's like the West Brom game at the end of last season where we didn't go for it, then I'd be hurling my laptop out the window, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah too. I'm I mean, join, games... the, join the pod and just heckle everyone. There's a streak around the pod and just shout obscenities <laughs> until the hit finishes. <laughs> that bottle of tequila is looking better by the minute, Morgs, actually. You've got games coming in thick and fast now. You've got West Brom on Saturday, then you've got Leicester on Wednesday, and then you've got... Uh, what is it? You've got... Then he got West Ham on a Saturday again. So that it's just like the championship now. It's ridiculous. So, you know, what what do we want to see? I think we're going to do a really brief West Brom preview now because, you know, it's it's so close and there isn't much to say other than we know how West Brom are very much going to line up. It's of Sam Allardyce. We know what they're going to do. I think we can all agree we just want to see Robinson and Mitro back in the frame, don't we? What do you think? Um, I would say, yeah, you're right. Robinson starts. Uh, Robinson starts. Mitro starts. Rest of the team, fine. Keep going, but we need to get on the offensive incredibly quickly. We There is no reason that we, that we can't be banging a couple of goals against that West Brom team. I know that they got turned over by Man City, but they did look terrible. And you know that's yeah. we just need to take advantage of that because we don't look like a bad team. We I mean, we weren't good tonight. There's no being around that bush. But we've looked half decent at times. And I think we need to make sure that we don't sort of get, you know, down by this result. You know, we haven't won for quite a while now, but this is the perfect way to start. And those games against Leicester and West Ham, I didn't realise we played West Ham a few days later. I mean, those are two mm. good teams and we need to get this. If we don't get that, then potentially, you know, we may be seeing, you know, one point out of the next two games after that. Well, Sheffield beat Man U tonight, something we couldn't do at Old Trafford and something they themselves haven't done for like a gazillion years. But they're not far behind us now. They're on eight points and we're indebted to Newcastle, man. If if they don't sack Steve Bruce, we are indebted to them because I think that's the only reason we're still clinging on at the moment unless we start winning and winning convincingly. Um yeah, I think if Steve Bruce gets replaced then they'll start climbing the table just like Burnley have done and Burnley are 
out of sight for us. I think I don't think they're going to be in a relegation battle with us, unfortunately. Um, Matt Dom, give me your preview for this game. I think we can definitely beat West Brom. I mean, we saw them get demolished five nil by Man City. I mean, I know it's Man City, but we can play a nice passing game ourselves, even though not to the extent that they can. Uh, we know how they're going to play. Very Sam Allardyce, very very rigid. Tell me your thoughts on this game, mate. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it could go. It could go either way. I mean. I think they've only won two like us. Um, and they may, yeah, I think they've only won two. Uh, but they, they've been hammered 5-0 a couple of times this season. They've beaten beaten 4-0, 4-1, 4, 4, 4, 5-1. They've had got a heavy, goal difference in minus 33. Their goal and they've conceded, they've conceded at least three in the last five games at home or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, think they've, I think they've conceded 16 goals in Allardyce's for all of his home games so far or something ridiculous like that so they're shit they are really 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 shit but they're going to kick lumps out of us aren't they (laughs) but (laughs) are we are we i mean they're really they're really shit they're they're, they're a terrible terrible side but but they're one point behind us no two sorry two points behind us yeah and if they win if they beat us they go above us so what does that say about us that we um, that we play football <laughs> that we play football in the right way and we will not be tolerating any of that big Sam yeah. nonsense. We'll <laughs> we will go, lose we'll with go dignity. Down with our heads held die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, how we it's, play with the ball at our feet. Lovely. Yeah. Exactly. So, so they. Well, I think what I'm saying is they. They essentially get hammered and bounce back from it, um, whereas we we give every team a game what well, we have done recently which is which is fine but i would i would accept a few three four nil defeats if it meant we'd, we'd win two one in another game because it's absolutely right. all about winning now uh and there's there's no other option but to beat them there really isn't i can't see any other option drawing yeah <laughs> no. i don't I'd, I'd almost rather lose than get another draw at this point. This is, this is, the, this is the $64 million question, or, uh, well, not actually, it's, it's a cheap question. Uh, would you rather take a nil-nil draw no. and just go there, or would you take a one-nil loss if we were sort of absolutely going for it? Uh, to West Brom, the draw, but... But most, I mean, actually, yeah. no. Do you is, know it, is it about the? It I mean, it's, okay. No, actually, come no, on. You want to be fair, to be fair, that was a really stupid question because at the end of the day, we it need was... the result. I'd rather take a shit house one nil win after having twelve yeah. percent possession against yeah. Big Sam. Uh, but <laughs> reality is, we need to improve massively on the game tonight. And yeah. there were times where we just seemed completely toothless. And mm-hmm. if we come out like that, we'll we will we will get picked off because mm-hmm. you know they will they will do something that kind of that is incredibly Allardyce-esque and we'll just be going, how do we not get a result against this lot? And yeah. especially if we don't go for it, if it's like the game if, at uh, the Hawthorns last season that, where we just kind of limped into it when we needed to win to actually get into the fucking automatic promotion spots. If we repeat that performance mm-hmm. again and, uh, and if Parker comes out and says, oh, it's not vital that we win this. I mean, I, I really like Parker, and I've said I would not call for his head at any time during the season because I wanted to have it. But if he comes up and says that, I'm going to, are you having a fucking giraffe, mate? 
because <laughs> you can't say that. We need to win this game. I know you want to keep morale up in the squad, but this is a must win. And there is no beating around that bush. Yeah. yeah. I, I can forgive. I can forgive not winning or losing if I can see that we're trying to win. I can't forgive turning up like today and just being shit and not trying to win in games where you have to win. That's all. That's all I'll say. And we'll see what happens, won't we? I think just the reality is it's halfway through the season. We've won only two games. And this is harsh, and it's my opinion, but I think the only reason we've won two games and not one game is because we had a very fortunate penalty against Bobby Reed against Leicester. So we need to change, and it's honestly, I think it's judgment day for us against West Brom. But I'm confident we can do it, but it's it's a big game. It's it's huge now, and let's just see what happens. And we'll be back. Thank you very much to my lovely co-host for joining me this evening. I'm be under sort of despairing circumstances. Frenchy will be back to review the West Brom game, which will be in your lovely ears on Monday morning. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. We're on all the social media outlets. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. And thank you for listening. We always appreciate your support. See you soon. Fulham.